Hello and welcome to the Superposition Guys podcast. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is Niels Bultink, founder and CEO of Qblox, provider of qubit control products. Niels and I talk about quantum control of qubits, scaling up to thousands of qubits, qubit crosstalk, the Dutch quantum ecosystem, and much more. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Niels, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Hello, Yuval, as well. Great to be here. Great to have you. So who are you and what do you do? So um, I am Niels Bultink. I am uh, a CEO and founder of uh, a company called Qblox, uh, which is a, 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 a company based in the Netherlands. It's a, a startup or perhaps a scale-up company in the, operating in the field of quantum technology. So we are really in this uh, deep tech, uh, high tech field. Um, and uh, um, I'm personally coming from a background of physics. Uh, so I've done a master's and a PhD in experimental physics, uh, trying to get prototype quantum computers uh, to work. And uh, over the last uh, four to five years, uh, I've been uh, uh, on this journey together with a, a bit of a different uh, angle than uh, an academic one, uh, because I've been growing this, uh, this company called Qblox. Um, so happy to uh, talk about myself, about this, uh, this company in this uh, podcast. Thank you. And uh, what made you start the company? Uh, were you part of um, an accelerator or you just woke up one day and said, I want to be CEO of a quantum, uh, quantum company? How did it work? Well, it started out 35 uh, years ago. No, uh, uh, it actually, the idea of one day starting a company, uh, also together with the co-founder, uh, Jules van Oven, uh, actually started already more than 10 years ago uh, when we were uh, at the bachelor's uh, education. Uh, which is, uh, to be honest, already 17 years ago, yes. Um, and we always had the idea of one day starting a company in some high-tech field. And uh, I think after master's, we kind of both went our own way. Um, he went into uh, 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 oil exploration uh, using sensor networks. I myself went into uh, semiconductor industry. And also during these careers, uh, we were looking for opportunities of uh, spin-outs, but we never really found the right the right subject, the right opportunity. Uh, and after a few years uh, in my career, I decided to go back to university uh, because I was missing the physics and in particular the quantum uh, technology. And already early on in this PhD, um, uh, building uh, these uh, quantum computers, um, uh, I found that this was actually going to be a quite a nice opportunity. A lot of um, uh, uh, technology was being developed within, within university uh, and also the uh, so TU Delft University, but also the governmental institute, TNO. Um, uh, a lot of uh, instrumentation was being developed and it was actually much more engineering uh, than science. Uh, and the fact that all this engineering was happening to support the science uh, kind of meant to us that um, uh, many more labs in the world will be needing this type of solutions, these engineering solutions. Uh, so that's how we found the opportunity uh, and decided to take this uh, all this engineering work and uh, turn it into um, a real products for uh, for others to use. So what does the product do? Yes, what does it do? Um, so it's um, it's part of um, of the quantum computer stack. So if you look at a quantum computer as a whole, um, uh, it is built up 
of a lot of uh, layers and components. Uh, so, um, uh, of course, you need a quantum chip, a quantum processor, it's also called, where, uh, where quantum phenomena are being, uh, being controlled and being, uh, being used for computation. Uh, but next to that, um, or as a part of that, uh, there's also a whole cryogenic environment or uh, uh, ultra vacuum that keeps your chip well screened off from the environment. And, and then next to that, you need a system to control quantum devices. Uh, so the quantum chips themselves are actually a bit of dead material. They're, they're like registers or uh, pieces, of, uh, 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 pieces on which you can carry information. Uh, but to actually do that, you need a control system. And that's what Kubelux builds. So we built uh, the system that translates uh, user algorithms, it translates uh, 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 user IDs into the electrical signals that go into um, uh, the quantum chip. And then uh, after the algorithm is done, uh, uh, the result is also fed back to uh, our control system. So we are sort of the interface layer between the user and the quantum chip, the, the classical and the quantum world. Is this aimed primarily at researchers in academic labs, or do you envision um, manufacturers of superconducting qubits to say, hey, we're going to use Q-blocks in development or even in production? I think that's a very, a very good question. And it, um, the, the answer uh, lies in both and, and in the fact that it's in, in a transition. So the whole quantum technology is really in a... Uh, early stage. So at the moment, I would say the majority of research and development is now happening within academic settings. Uh, so right now also are, uh, uh, about half of our customers or a bit more than half of our customers are either universities or uh, governmental uh, R&D institutes. Uh, but there is very important pickup within the uh, industry and the private sector uh, happening right now. Uh, uh, meaning big corporates like Google, IBM, Intel, but also uh, big startup companies uh, like Rigetti or uh, Pascal uh, that are now uh, building these quantum computers in a, in a more uh, corporate or industrial setting. Uh, so also our market is gradually shifting from uh, the more academic side towards the industry. Um, yes, so that's the, the transition that's, hap that's happening right now or one of the transitions. Is the product geared only towards superconducting qubits or would it support other modalities as well? Yes, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. So um, our products are quite widely applicable uh, with, uh, with a plurality of, um, of quantum uh, chips. And I think that's also one of the nice opportunities. Um, um, so instead of having to do everything as a vertically integrated company. So trying to do both the quantum processors and the electronics and the software on top of it, um, there's now the opportunity to uh, sort of in, in terms of having this vertical company have a horizontal company. And that is where what, what Kubelux is more. So instead of doing everything for one specific application, uh, we can do this for a, a much larger market and also a much larger set of applications. So we support uh, superconducting circuits, quantum dots, uh, trapped ions, uh, and even some photonic systems, which are a bit more exotic, but still um, in many ways share a lot of the, the difficulties that, uh, that other quantum platforms have. So uh, that's, um, that's indeed the case. 
when I looked at your product um, a few weeks ago, I saw that they say that they scale up to hundreds of qubits. Now, what happens when customers need thousands or tens of thousands of qubits for, for the ultimate utility? Yes. So um, uh, uh, scalability and, and making our customers, uh, empowering our customers to, to scale up is one of the core parts of our company. So um, uh, indeed, at the moment, uh, people are working with uh, mostly a handful or tens of quantum bits. So the majority of the market needs solutions in that era. Uh, some uh, very exotic customers need uh, 100 qubit type of systems or even uh, more than that. Uh, but then those examples are very rare. Um, uh, so at the moment, we provide these systems that can... that that uh, support experiments up to hundreds of qubits uh, for the, the, the biggest systems. Um, and indeed, uh, the coming years, um, this, this will further grow. And uh, we are, of course, uh, very actively engineering towards these, these larger systems. Um, but at the moment, it's not really yet necessary and desirable to have such large systems and uh, the, the biggest reason for that lies in the not not in the quantity uh, access, but more in the quality access. So uh, to make these bigger quantum systems useful, um, uh, the the fidelity of the operations, the the quality of the operations needs to go up, uh, because right now the qubits are not yet good enough to actually make use of uh, of large systems. Uh, so that's. Um, Another thing that needs to happen, and that's also a very important area for us where we um, distinguish ourselves. So, uh, providing very low noise electronics so that qubits are not disturbed, uh, and also providing many tools to uh, fine tune the qubits and their operations. That's uh, that's what we're doing as well. So it's to empower the systems to uh, to be uh, meaningful, to be skilled in a meaningful way. That's uh, the goal. Let's assume I have these low noise electronics. Uh, obviously, the performance of the system also depends on the particular timing and sequence of the pulses and so on. Um, one could think about uh, even error correction algorithms or noise reduction. Do you also provide the firmware or sort of the software that drives and achieves better fidelity? Or do you leave that entirely to your customers? Um, I guess the answer is a bit of both. So to to really understand how the the software stack works, um, uh, so there are quite some layers in the software and and layers in the in the firmware or even you can you can call it hard, hardware or gateware uh, that need to be addressed uh, to make it a useful system. And where we are uh, where we are good at and where we define our role is in uh, I guess the lower layers of this uh, this stack. So Anything uh, where where it is about tuning up individual pulses and gates, uh, and then uh, executing pulses, uh, having high quality signal, uh, being able to tune in a very fast way. That's where our real core uh, competence lies. Uh, but also higher up in the stack, there are very important uh, uh, parts that uh, that our that our partners are working on. So if you think of uh, making very good Hamiltonian models of the pulses and the chips uh, to really understand the interaction at the, at the physics level. That is more where our partners are um, uh, coming into play. So we uh, uh, especially like like working with other uh, other uh, suppliers or other uh, parts of the stack for that. That's uh, how we see it. 
And uh, how about calibration? I mean, I, I think that uh, quantum computers sometimes try to run calibration routines every now and then to measure certain parameters that then impact the control signals, uh, crosstalk between qubits and so on. How do you address those? Yeah, so indeed, so um, uh, uh, when it comes to crosstalk in the, in the, in the chips, it, um, it is very important to have a very good understanding uh, of, of the physics of your chip. And I think the task of understanding the physics lies mostly uh, with our with our customers or other partners partners that work on this this more software um, uh, layer. Um, but uh, being able to execute the, the protocols in a very fast and efficient way um, that is where uh, we see our part of the our part of the problem. So that's where we are. Um, always benchmarking ourselves, um, if uh, uh, like for for specific protocols to measure crosstalk and uh, then be able to correct it. Uh, how fast can we actually do this? How well can we parallelize uh, uh, the execution of these protocols? That's uh, that's where our our uh, solution lies in, uh, in this in these problems. Tell me, please, a little bit about the company. How large are you? Uh, what kind of funding have you raised, if if any? Uh, what are your plans for the coming 12, 18 months? Uh, yeah, so uh, Kublox is um, uh, a bit of an odd uh, company in this uh, this whole field. Uh, that's because uh, Kublox does not rely on any venture capital funding. Uh, we have been able to grow the company in um, about three years uh, uh, to um, a team of uh, now a bit over 50, um, uh, 50 people uh, in a very lean uh, and uh, and really aimed at, at doing business uh, very early on. Um, and that has allowed us to scale in a very fast way, uh, but then still uh, on our own, mostly on our own legs. Um, that is uh, the situation so far um, uh, now. Uh, but uh, for us, it's key to keep growing in a very fast pace of uh, roughly doubling to tripling uh, each year in size. Uh, so we hope to maintain that still uh, on our own legs uh, the coming years. But um, if not, then uh, we will look for other ways to uh, to finance the company and grow it because um, it is at least key to uh, to keep pushing the, um, uh, the boundaries when it comes to uh, how good our solutions, how, um, uh, how much they have an edge on the competition and how well they can solve the, the problems for our customers. That's, uh, that's the, the most important part. As far as uh, European companies for quantum computers, there's uh, plenty of companies in France and uh, a lot in the UK and a little bit in Germany. I'm less familiar with the Netherlands um, quantum ecosystem. Could you tell me about um, anything you can tell me about the, the Netherlands quantum ecosystem? Are you in collaboration with other local companies? Is there government support or is it just that you happen to start the company there? Um, it actually surprises me a little bit that uh, the Dutch ecosystem is, is new to you because I think it's it's quite well known as uh, one of the vibrant places in, uh, in, in, in in Europe in particular but also in the world um, and uh, so there has been uh, a leading institute called QTech uh, partly to Delft, partly governmental institute, uh, TNO um, already for more than 10 years uh, and also already multiple hundreds of um, um, uh, scientists um, uh, working there and uh, over the last five years uh, more than eight companies have spun out of it uh, so also the, 
the network with other companies. I'm I'm, I'm sitting right here in a in a building uh, uh, that is filled with um, uh, with different quantum startups. It's really aimed at quantum startups. Um, and I think the ecosystem and the way of working together uh, between companies in Delft, but also in the wider uh, wider Dutch ecosystem, is is very good and also quite well known. Uh, so. Um, in in this building, there is a company called Quantware that um, uh, develops and uh, provides uh, superconducting quantum chips. So they actually are one of the few companies that can supply you with a quantum processor. Uh, then there are also companies working on software layers uh, um, uh, like Orange Quantum Systems. Uh, and um, uh, there is a company working on cryogenic infrastructure called Delft Circuits. Uh, these are just a few examples of uh, of the of the startups. Other than that, there are uh, quite big um, uh, corporates like Microsoft and Intel who have uh, uh, in Delft on campus activities, uh, like really employing large uh, R and D groups. Uh, so this whole ecosystem of governmental is- institutes, big corporates, but also uh, startup companies is really um, uh, a very fruitful um, uh, ecosystem um, uh, that um, yeah shows to strengthen each other so I, th- I think it's a very good place to uh, to be for us uh, and there's a lot of growth in it um, uh, at the moment they are opening um, uh, this is the first quantum building but there are uh, already two new buildings uh, on campus that are entirely dedicated to quantum technology uh, one is going to be for Qblox itself uh, and, and the other building will be a new uh, more ecosystem uh, oriented building so that's um, in, the, in a nutshell the 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 story about uh, Delft and also about the Netherlands. As we get close to the end of our conversation today, I wanted to ask you a hypothetical question. Um, if you could have dinner with any of the quantum greats, uh, dead or alive, who would that person be? Oof, that's a, it's a very good it's uh, a very good question. So um, I think um, uh, well, quantum or scientists, I think I would be very uh, interested to have dinner with uh, Marie Curie. Um, uh, for being a very uh, early uh, innovator. And I would like to um, um, uh, understand uh, her, her thoughts on uh, quantum chemistry and uh, uh, quantum application. Um, but also uh, more recent people like uh, Chad Rigetti. I was actually in a, in a dinner with him uh, a week ago. One of the early more entrepreneurial, uh, more ent- entrepreneurs in this field, like... Uh, uh, how they see the field, um, um, uh, how, how they think it has evolved. They've been there as an entrepreneur uh, early on uh, and um, in which direction it should go. So um, that's just uh, from the top of my mind. <laughs> Excellent. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about your work? Uh, yeah, they can contact me, of course. Um, so uh, please uh, head to our website, kublox.com, and you will find uh, the right contact details uh, to get in touch, whether it's for um, uh, recruitment. Uh, we're looking for many uh, new people as well. We have many vacancies. Uh, or whether it's uh, to use our systems as a customer or, or as a partner, we are always open for collaborations. That's what uh, that's what we're here for. So, yes. Excellent. Niels, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Yuval. It has been very great to be here.